Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good morrow, whatever it is uh, while you're consuming this. Jono here, but it's three of us tonight. Why, you ask? Um... Just to change it up a bit, but we're going to talk about today's game between India and the Netherlands, and then we are going to preview the semi-finals, our predictions that you don't want to listen to, as as always. Um, and then, yeah, probably some more gumph mixed in there, no doubt. Uh, gentlemen, how are you? Eugene? Completed night nurse and lemsip. Yep, still still got the man flu, as you can hear. Um, but yeah, plodding on. Just a quick question, who else were they expecting if it wasn't Jono here? Were they expecting what? somebody else other than Simon, myself, or you on this podcast? Have we got other people that presented? I, I'm, I'm confused. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Never mind. I'm good. Thank you, mate. How are you? <laughs> yeah, a little, well, I say a little worse for wear. I, I went to that big charity do last night for the Lashes Foundation that was absolutely fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah, so I've been better. I feel like I've been awake for about three weeks. But other than that, all right. Thank you, Simon. Yeah, you well? pretty good. Pretty good. That was my voice went very high pitched then for some reason. I can't quite figure out why. Now I've had a, a, quite a, quite a I've had a, basically had a stag do at home this weekend. I've had a, a, a couple of friends come up, and yeah, we sprinted at it Friday night, and then yesterday had a second day drinking event where we couldn't seem to get drunk, so waded away through an awful lot of beer. Mm, tried yeah, hard. I, I did well at one point. My wife has informed me I was just stood at the side, just swaying. I was refusing <laughs> communication with anyone. Uh, but no, it was actually the best. Day. So yeah, good. So I mean, it sounds like we've had fun. We know Eugene's not feeling the the May West. Uh, another group of people who are probably not feeling great. Um, the Netherlands after the first fifty overs of today's game, they they got whacked everywhere, didn't they? Yes, they did. I mean, India are just a very good side, aren't they? They they've got all bases covered, batting wise. Like I say. We say they haven't got any hitters, but they've still got KL Rahul that came in and got a 60-ball 100. So you can obviously strike it quite nicely. Shreyas banged it everywhere. and Yeah, so they're just very good. I didn't like what India did, though. 
I don't like it's giving nine players a bowl. I was taking the piss, yeah. and I don't think you should take the piss. Well, we we always say respect the game, don't we? Like, and obviously, Coley got marshaled to a hundred earlier in the tournament. We talked about that, and and not really, not really liking it. But I know he bowled three balls earlier in the tournament when so was it Pandy went down. But yeah, just just a little bit. You know, it's, it just leaves a bit of a sour taste, really, doesn't it? Huge. I know you've got some thoughts on this. I mean, it's just pulling the piss. I'm trying to figure out who the the only Indian bowler that didn't bowl was, obviously excluding Kale Rule, who was keeping wicket. Shreyas. I'm trying to figure out who it was. Shreyas. Not, didn't he? Shreyas. Shreyas Iyer. Yeah, okay. So, obviously, Sky he's done did, something. Sky, yeah, that was old. 17. Yeah. Jesus, what? <laughs> yeah, just, just pulling the piss a bit, isn't it? Yeah. Virat Kohli got a wicket. The place erupted. Strangled one down leg side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kohli. strange. Strange. Yeah. Is it, I just don't think you're respecting the opposition if you if you're going to mess around doing stuff like it's, that. It's it's bad juju um, or bad karma for the semi final, I think. So I think I'm going to go out early with my prediction and say New Zealand are going to win that one. <laughs> right. So and I'm there supporting goes our Indian New followers that were listening to the podcast. I'm uh, yeah, I'm I'm supporting New Zealand, but I'm going to predict an India win because then New Zealand will win. I see. I see. Yes. Mm. As I am supporting South Africa, so I'm going to predict an Australia win. Oh, that's shit. Well, no, because obviously I always get my things wrong, don't I? So, you know, therefore we're South Africa, New Zealand final. And then uh, I, see. I don't, I, I wouldn't mind who won that, to be honest. Yeah. I'd probably, I'd probably go South, I'd probably prefer South Africa for, for your sake, to be fair. Yeah, me too. Otherwise it'll be a very somber Thursday recording, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. I'll be very quiet. Yeah. Like I was when Alan Donald ran himself out. When Lance Clues decided to run. Alan Donald didn't run himself out. He didn't run. Yeah, I know. Anyway, we're not bringing up the past here. We're not digging up the past. Look, yeah, very, very comprehensive win by the Indians against the Netherlands. And that concludes 45 matches of pool matches. What did you guys make of them? Too long. (laughs) Too long and shut. Two very, very common words that we used all the way through this series of the Cricket World Cup dailies. I've, I, 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 there were a lot of cricketers at this event last night. And uh, obviously I talk cricket to people every day, just doing, doing what I do. But, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the World Cup and everybody has said that they found it so hard to engage with just because it's gone on for so long and they just don't feel like they've been able to keep track of it. And I think when you've got... What, what, we're on day 39 today, I think, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. you know, 39 consecutive days of trying to be on top of what's going on and this and the other. I just, I just think that um, for whatever reason, th- this will have been done in this way because it, the BCCI will have thought that that in some way would have enhanced, it would have it would have been India's benefit in terms of either financially or, or some, you know, I don't know what those reasons are, but you know the only way that the BCCI do anything is if they feel it's going to benefit themselves. I wouldn't necessarily think that that was pit on on the field. I think it's probably more kind of financial and and whatever else. Maybe trying to is it sponsorship? You know, longer tournament, more sponsorship revenue. Maybe maybe that's it. I don't know, but I, I think that the the common view uh, from from people that I speak to, um, obviously every day working in the game is that it's just not it's just not been a, a an enjoyable world cup in terms of from a viewing experience I, i'd agree I, I just think there's also not enough sides in it they've why aren't the west indies there why aren't denmark a loud thing there afghanistan and bangladesh 
sorry, Afghanistan and the Netherlands, sorry, have, have shown that they're, they're competitive. So why aren't we getting Ireland there, West Indies there, Denmark there, some of these other Probably. second tip? Like, yeah. Get more teams there, have smaller groups. For yeah. me, it's not a World Cup when there's only 10 teams playing in it. I don't, no. don't get me wrong, I don't think we need the Football World Cup where we've got 758 teams playing in it and, and you've got this absolute mess. But mm. you can't tell me that we couldn't find four more sides, six more sides, and, and go and go from there. Mm. And you do, you do two groups of eight, yeah. Four yeah. groups of four and then do quarters, semi and final. Yeah, right. yeah. It's just, it's just gone on far too long. I, I think I think that's the... The, the consensus, isn't it, from, you know, and you two, no doubt, will have spoken to people about this and there will be, you know, I, I don't think we're wrong in this view. I, I think that's certainly the most, I've not, had, I've not had a single conversation where people have gone, really like the format of this World Cup. <laughs> I've really, it's funny, I've really engaged with it and, you know, been right on top of um, everything that's going on and, and, and this, that and the other. It has just, quite frankly, been a bit of a mess. But yeah, as I say, you know, the BCCI, Love them as I do, as any regular listeners to this podcast will know. Um, I think have again only gone to, and I would sh- assume it's something to do with lining their own pockets, either through sponsorship revenue or TV rights or whatever. You know, and that's why this World Cup has lasted 17 years. So, in terms of the, I mean, India got off to a flyer, didn't they? Shubman Gill and, and Sharma, 100 partnership. I think Coley then, uh, Shubman Gill was out to a brilliant catch actually on the boundary. A really, really good catch in terms of keeping his balance right on the edge. I, I saw Coley come out then, and I and I just had a feeling that he'd get that 50th 100 today. So I said to Lisa, I said, I, I kind of want to watch this because I feel like this is history um, being made. And she said, no, we've got to take the baby out. So I didn't. And then, thankfully, Virat Coley got out, so I didn't miss it, which is kind of... No, he looked like he was going to waltz to another 100, if I'm being completely honest, but no. then threw it away. And it kind of... It just... It's sort of- you didn't look like you were taking it seriously as soon as he's trying to be too cute, right? Some of the did, shots he did... was trying to play down to third man, and I was just like, play yeah. another shot. Yeah, so one of the things I wanted to ask, and I was thinking about this whilst I was watching it, I kind of felt like Virat Kohli looked a bit nervous early in his innings. He didn't, you know, he did, he had that one that just dropped short of mid off where he charged down the wicket. It just didn't look his usual, kind of really confident self I don't know whether this he probably thought look this is a perfect opportunity against the Netherlands these two that you know we're 100 without loss these two have just banged it everywhere today's the the perfect opportunity for me to to break Sashin's record but he didn't he didn't look that comfortable to me I don't know what you two think huge I I thought he was just taking it a little bit too easy I mean he was chatting to Rudolf there was a couple of times when he hit it back at him and he you know stung his hands and he was having a bit of a laugh and a chirp and trying to play too many dinky shots behind square instead of normally he would try and punch that through to the cover boundary for one. And mm. I think that's how he got bold, actually, was, you know, instead of instead of trying to punch it down to the cover boundary for one, he tried to run it past the short third man for four. So I don't think he went to his his normal shot selection. He thought he was, you know, it's a tier two side. Let me let me have some fun, which which unfortunately in this occasion didn't work out for him. No, so Sharma sixty one from fifty four, Gill fifty one from thirty two, Coley fifty one from fifty six. Interestingly, the only Indian batter to have a strike rate less than a hundred today, Trace I 
First 100 in the tournament, 128 of 94, 10 fours, five sixes. Kel Rahul, 102 from 64, 11 fours, four sixes, and then Sky 2 not out off one at the end. But, I mean, 410 for four, fielding in the heat. It just, you know, the, I think the the Dutch guys have had a good tournament, haven't they? they, they they've, they've had some, some really positive results, caused a massive upset against South Africa. And they've done the double over, haven't they, in the last two World Cups because they beat them in the T20 World Cup last year. Yeah. But, I mean, they were never, they were never, ever, ever in a million years going to chase that down. They didn't even try, did they? It was just, no. that was a personal target of going, right, can we can we get 250? Can we get 260? I mean, we've seen this Indian bowling side has absolutely blown sides away. Mm. I'm pretty sure their aim was just for it not to be embarrassing. And to be fair, it wasn't, no. The only thing that was embarrassing is the behaviour of the Indians and the fact that they're giving everyone a bowl and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't yeah. really like. I, I don't. I, I, part of me kind of thinks it, it. It wouldn't. I would find it mildly amusing if it came back to bite them on the arse. Well, not. It's not going to. But if they didn't now win the tournament, and partly like you say, taking the piss out of the game a little bit. Yeah. Because. There's no doubt that this Dutch side have proved their value in being there. Like, so mm. treat them with the respect they deserve sort of thing. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Talking um, of the top four, quickly, can you guys remember yeah. your predictions? Because I went back to episode yes. 32 today and I listened to them just to just to re, re, well to remind myself of, I remember what I said, but I couldn't remember what you guys said. So I thought I'd ask. Um, John, are you said yes, So what did you go for? Well, I went to England, so that was wrong. Yep. I didn't. I didn't say Australia, so you that did. was wrong. Did I? Yes, you did. Well, you went I definitely England, went Australia, India. India, South Africa. Those were your four. I went back and had to listen to them. All right. Okay. So yeah. So I got England and New Zealand wrong. Then. Yeah, you got England and New Zealand wrong. Simon, do you remember what you I said? I think I said New Zealand rather than South Africa. So you went England, India, Australia, Pakistan, no, with a maybe an outside chance of South yeah. Africa. No, I got that wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. So and I went England, Pakistan, New Zealand, and Australia with the dark horse being South Africa. So hold on. How many? So two. you two got two wrong yeah. and I got one wrong. I got So I got maybe one wrong. my powers of prediction are what? I got one wrong. Pakistan. You said England as well. So I... India, uh, New Zealand, Australia. Oh. No, oh, I, didn't, oh, I remember I said it. Remember, you guys were, you guys yeah, were, yeah, yeah, we were shocked when I said no England. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Well, there we go. So, yeah, that just that about looks... proves and super proves correct, though, because you're you're first, I'm second. I think Simon's last, isn't he? At the minute, somewhere thereabouts. But yeah, I mean, you you were you were depending on results today. You you could have been the yellow cap holder for this round, believe it or not. Oh, stop it! I've, I mean, I've, I've got every game right in this round. Oh, well done. Not the margin, but I've got every game right. I, I don't think there can be no arguments, can there? You know, I think New Zealand came out and did what they absolutely had to do the 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 other day and, and fully deserved their, their spot in the in the top four, quite frankly. I am oh twentieth. I think I'm twentieth. You are twentieth. That's cool. Up three. Yeah. I am not. Robber, you're thirty second. Yeah. And I am He's currently twelfth. Oh. Huge twelfth. Then me. Where's where's Robbo? Oh. Oh, oh, that's what's the yeah? What's the yeah, forfeit definitely again? Definitely wasn't one. I thought it was anyway. that you, you had to put the money in for for all the vouchers that I've got to hand out. 
you have to repay for them. One thing we do actually need to do is this is is this now uploaded? Do we know do we know the yellow hat from every one of the six rounds? Robbo, I believe that you have been collating the required information to tell us who the yellow cap holders are from each of the rounds. That makes it sound like it was a lot of work. It it actually wasn't. Round one, the winner was Bryn Jones. Congratulations. Round two, the winner was Mayank Mohotra. I do apologize for any name pronunciations. I That's spot on. I get incorrect. But round three was the joint winners with Anthony Gaydon and Ian Mullius. I believe I've said that right. I don't know. <clears throat> what are we doing there then? Are we, doing, are we doing 25 pounds each for them too? I have, yeah, why not? Let's do that. No idea. Yeah. Round four was Scott Wesselow. Round number five was Jamie James Rooster Pete. And round oh, God, they named him. And round six was David Roche. Currently atop of the standings is Phil Diago. So I know the, the points are doubled for the semi-final final. Well, I think it's double oh. semi-final, tripled for the final. So, so who are the top three currently then, Simon, please? Because the top three all win vouchers, don't they? Bear with. Uh, in currently, I can pull first it. place, yeah, we have on, Phil Diaga. In second place, we have Ian... No. Mullish. Yeah, Ian's at second. <laughs> I've just read his name out now. I definitely said it wrong. And <laughs> in third place is Jamie James Rooster Pete. Oh, the rooster. Right. Um, although they're, they're, it's, it's tied, it's tied in second. So yeah. there's those two are tied. It's top. Yeah, Ian's on forty-eight points. Right. Sorry, Phil's on forty-eight points. Ian and Rooster are on forty-seven. You've then got two guys on forty-six. So, oh, all to play all, for. It's all it's, very. It's definitely it's all to play for because. Robert's just pointed out that it's double points for the semifinals, and just to confirm, there's no yellow cap holder for the semifinal or the final, so it's now. All that's left to play for is first, second, and third, and it's double points. So there's a lot of names that I recognize in the top 10. Fruit Bat, Wesley, um, Roscoe, Greg Nielsen. I'm just outside the top but, 10. Yeah, I was going to say, but, not, but none of us three. I'm, I'm, I'm in 12th. I'm only six points behind the, the, the first. So, you know, well, the that... results go my way, and I pick rogue picks. I could win it. That's the That's the entire final, and none of the... It's double points, remember? Yeah, well, the final's triple points, but that would rely... Okay. So two, treble, is six. If you're six away, you need the top ten to get enough all. Yeah, true, which is fine. <laughs> I mean, the semi-final, I could... Semi-final, I'd, I'd pick, a we don't pick, I'd pick up four points on someone. Are you going to back the Netherlands to win, win easily or something? <laughs> no, in a rogue I'm back in Bangladesh like you should have. Right. Yeah, so on to, it's going to be good semis. Well, on to the semi-finals then. Who's, who's going to win? Well, I think, I've said this from the beginning, I think that India have played such a stellar performance so far. I think they've got one bad game in them. And I think that bad game is going to be against New Zealand come Wednesday. Again, I've already pissed off half of the Indian population as it is by saying that India are not going to make the final. And um, so, yeah, from my perspective, I think the juju of bowling nine bowlers against the the the, the Netherlands is going to come back and bite them in the arse. So, I'll I'll stick with my prediction of of New Zealand getting through to the final to start with, and then in the, in the other semi, oh, there's only one winner there, right? I'm I'm going, I'm going head and heart and country. I'm going South Africa to beat Australia. 
Just to pick up on one thing that you said about the India-New Zealand semi-final, if you'd managed to piss off half the Indian population, if we had half of the Indian population listening to this podcast on a daily basis, we'd be making an absolute fucking fortune in sponsorship <laughs> revenue, <laughs> which, which we, we absolutely do not. So, so uh, Sorry, Tim. Um, Robbo, where are you going? I... Sorry to disappoint you. I think Australia just gaining momentum at the right time. It looked very, very good yesterday. Sean uh, Mitchell Marsh. Sean Marsh doesn't. Uh, Mitchell Marsh. Yeah, his brother <laughs> looks in in great nick. They've got uh, they've got a lot of bases covered. I think they've got uh, wheat South Africa. They have got just for me. They've got all bases covered and are playing very well, very well at the minute. South Africa are playing okay, but I just think they've not looked great in the last few games. But then I so want it. I so want New Zealand to win because that's upset me today quite a lot with the Indians. But I just can't see it. I think if this was the first game of the tournament, and you look how New Zealand were playing early on, fine. But they've they've kind of faded away a bit. Yeah, they did enough to be a poor Lanka side the other day. But I, I think that's. I think whoever bats first will win that, if I'm honest. Whereas the other game will be a bit more even. So my final prediction will be India Australia. How about you? Well, okay, I'm gonna go for India, as I've said all along, not to lose a game in the tournament. And I think with the injury problems that New Zealand have got, I just I just think India are too strong. I just think India will, will... I think it'll be a good game, but I think India will, will come out reasonably comfortable winners. I know what you mean. I absolutely take on board your point about Australia peaking at the right time. I think I think whoever wins bats first wins that game. I think, I think South Africa have proven themselves to be so good setting uh, and then having a ball in the set that can keep applying pressure um, in the second half. But I think if... If Australia bat first, I just think that, you know, and they've struggled with it a couple of times, South Africa chase. There's nothing I want more than South Africa to beat Australia. But I think South Africa's best chance of doing that is to is to bat first. So I think a, a lot of that's going to be tossed dependent. I hope I'm I hope I'm wrong. You, you know, if Australia bat first, I I hope South Africa, you know, keep them down to a, a reasonable total and, and then knock them off. But it depends, A, how hot it is. How much does that take out of the, the side when they're when they're running around in the field for fifty overs, but yeah, I can't, I can't see, I can't see New Zealand getting past India, unfortunately. But I, I, I think that regardless... who's winning the South Africa Australia game? Then you haven't said who's winning. You sat in the fence and got splinters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whoever bats first, I've said. Such a good. Whoever scores the most runs is going to win, right? Yeah. Well, no, it's I, the same I re- as saying I, that. I, re- I really want. I, re- I, I would love South Africa to to win the game. I would much rather that. But I just don't have ultimate confidence in them chasing against a good Australian bowling attack. I think that they've really, uh, we've seen throughout the tournament, South Africa have had a very, very strong plan of how to go about setting a total. They just don't look as convincing when having to chase a total down. And you would expect Australia, playing as well as they are, to put up at least 280 against a good, you know, if they set. And I think that's that would be a difficult chase for, for South Africa. If South Africa bat first, there is they could quite easily put up three thirty to three fifty. So you know, especially if they go about their innings in the way in which they have throughout the entire tournament setting, I just think they're a much more settled, 
lineup when having to put a score together rather than having to chase one down. So, yeah, I would. I would. So my prediction is Australia because I always get my predictions wrong, and my prediction is India because I always get my predictions wrong because I'd love it to be a South African New Zealand final, but I think I think it'll be a an India versus someone. Those splinters are really starting to bed in, aren't they? <laughs> and if you want Hardigan hitting opinion pieces, please log into slogging it on a weekly basis. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So there we have it. I, I think, you know, and I know I go on about the BCCI quite a lot, and I don't really like the way in which they go about things, but, you know, convenient again that India's India are playing in that first semi final. Or was it one versus was the top of the table always going to play in the first one as a kind of well done you were top of the group? Yes, right, okay. Yeah. Right. That's that's probably fair enough. I mean, um, arguably they've got the the shortest turnaround, right? Because their game finished today and they're now playing on Wednesday. So But they have, lo- they have the lot yeah, they have the longer run into the final, don't they? They have an extra day's rest, you would say, in, in yeah. into the final. But Right. Well one thing we've not discussed. Guam. Sri Lankan cricket. Oh, yes. Or lack of yes, it. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, they're supposed to be coming over with three test matches in England next summer. So the ECB will be panicking because we'll have to get someone else in, won't they? Well, apparently it's only a two-week suspension, isn't it? No, I think they have to... They did the same with Zimbabwe, didn't they? They have to then consult government and the governing body because the government sacked the governing body and then some kind of arbitration court or something, then reinstated the the governing body like two days later or something. So it's a mess. Like so, when I when I was at Wimbledon playing for Wimbledon, there's a guy who's still there called Dilshan de Silva, whose father, who I met on a couple of occasions, used to be on the Sri Lankan cricket board. But you know, was on it, then off it, then back on it, then off it, then back on it. Like I just think the political nature of the whole setup in Sri Lanka is is just a minefield. And so it, I, you know, when I saw it having had kind of second-hand experience of it through stories that I've heard from, from Dilly and whatever, not really surprised. You know, you, you, there are there are countries where things things like this happen on a much more regular basis than they would be, say, here, where it's much more regulated and things do probably sit a bit more separately. I think in, you know, to say it's certainly not a third-world country, but countries where the government have a much more overarching reach over everything in a, in a in a more direct capacity i think it's easier for these problems to occur and i, I don't think you'd ever really see it happening here or on australia or um you know the us if that ever you know, if they became a cricketing powerhouse you know I, I think it's a it's you know smaller countries like you where the, where government where it's probably a bit easier to through a lack of regulation you know, government coups happen and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's not it's not quite as I, I suppose re- regulated is the the word that I'm I'm really trying to look for. I know I use it a couple of times now, but I, I think that's that's where a lot of the problems will span from. I, I just think it's a bit strange. Like I, I I need I need a lot more information on what's happened, what's come about, how it's come about because it, it's they've been suspended for government tampering. Or hmm. interference. Well, how does surely we can say about India, for example, where you've got are they involved as heavily or aren't they? I mean, you'd argue that you saw what happened with the Australian cricketers following Sandpaper Gate. Like, 
when prime ministers and stuff are getting involved, how involved is involved? Isn't it something to do with... It's about how much influence a government can have within that environment, isn't it? So something something to do with... There were two nephews of kind of pretty senior governmental ministers being on that panel or something. And so that's why it's been seen as a, you know, they can have a lot more kind of direct interference through family members than people who would be seen to be uh, impartial. Oh, okay. And th- th- but then I think the government, didn't they then say that 2 million quid has been fo- shifted into offshore accounts by, um, by, by the governing cricket board in Sri Lanka. And again, you know, has that happened? No idea. But I think if they've got insider information because they've got nephews or nieces or, you know, friends, I think it's I think it is family members. I'm from what I read, I think it's two family members of, of you know, pretty senior government ministers in Sri Lanka on the board. I think that was where the questions started to be raised. And as they've been fired, someone's probably gone, Oh, by the way, ICC, do you know that this person's related to X and this person's related to Y, and then the ICC have had a pretty dim view of it. So I think that's what's that's what's happened. But it's certainly not the first time we've heard of problems in Sri Lankan no. cricket, is it? I mean, it was only probably what was it last year, two years ago, where the when the when the prime minister had to flee his house and people were just like wandering around it and looting it and just sitting in his garden having lunch and stuff, weren't they? So you know the. The political history of Sri Lanka is has at times been littered with difficult moments, and I, I would just put it down to being another another one of those occasions. But you know, Sri Lanka have got a, a, a great history as one of you know one of the strongest cricketing nations, and you know we all hope that whatever the problems are, they can be sorted out pretty swiftly, and so they can be competing back on the global stage as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah, we one of the other the final thing that we should talk about the the squads have been announced for England today, have they not? For um, some T twenties and some one day internationals towards the end of the year. Yeah, they've. The, I'm I'm a bit bemused by how things are being announced mm. within England when they're being well, announced. Well, yeah, when, how, who? There's a lot of questions that that could be asked in a minute. I think obviously Rob Key and had a blessed beginnings clearly making excellent decisions but then there's just been some a few bits and bobs that have happened recently that I, I'm Ooh. I don't the, the whole announcing of central contracts midway through a tournament the fact that they were negotiating the, yeah the lads knew before the tournament but it was yeah, the fact I, that it I came just, out in public. I just think that's there's there's questions that, to be asked about that as a as a as a thing, why are you doing it just before a major tournament? Surely you don't want upheaval just before a major tournament. When we're getting when we were asking questions at the start, before the announcement of central contracts came out, there's clearly something happened. Well, yeah, yeah. Our two senior members of the squad haven't got a contract, but that's a pretty big thing to happen. You've got a lot of questions being asked, and and, and so we were right, really. There's obviously we were asking what's gone off, or well, it's clear what's gone off. To not pick certain players for this upcoming leg, whether that's rest or whether that's whatever that they seem to have gone for a bizarre mix of some senior players but not other senior players. When people are calling right. for a complete overhaul of of the white ball sides, and then not not picking like a, a Joe Root saying he resting him for the Test series coming up against India or a Johnny Bairstow. Right, yeah, fair enough. But then not taking David Milan. 
who, who, to be fair, who, has... who outside of Ben Stokes has been our best player in the tournament. Yeah. Well, he's, he's scoring those runs. Right? Yeah. And and so for me, there's, there's just, I'm a bit bemused by a lot of things, to be honest. Eugene, what's the, I know, I know you, you're not impartial completely, but what, what's your view been on it? I'm surprised more of the England players didn't get the sack and went for younger squads going to the West Indies. Okay. That, that that coincides with the the the, the contracts that you yeah. guys are rightfully yeah. pointing out. So yeah, <clears throat> it's just very strange timing. I'm sort of agreeing with what Simon says. Yeah, it's very strange timing on. It's kind of it's kind of going back to the England of old, isn't it? Where you know we we've had this kind of not even indecisive indecisiveness. It's kind of non-decisiveness. Like it's just a just seems to be a bit of a mess. Like the the whole. You know, we've referenced the the Ben and Baz a number of times throughout these these World Cup dailies, and they're very very clear on method selection. You know what they want from the players, the the kind of environment in which the the test team squad operates within, and then you get this new white ball thing. You know, the central contracts and when they were announced, being one of them, who's been picked. Like deciding them before a global tournament rather than actually then seeing who performs well and announcing them after, to, you know, with a a bit of a view of okay, who's shown them some, themselves to be capable at this level in a global tournament? You know, none of, none of that because that that couldn't be a consideration. And then the thing, you know, I was saying to you boys on text earlier, like, how can they not pick David? They've given, I know they've given me a year's central contract. I mean. Why would you not? And he's been he's been our top run scorer in the World Cup, and let's not forget, you know, up until not long ago, was the world number one T Twenty batsman. So, it just it just kind of beggars belief a little bit, doesn't it? Where's the methodology gone? Where's the? It it just didn't seem to make any sense. No, and again, it just points towards this like bizarre thinking and bizarre communication. I think that's the thing. Mm. There's, there's there's got to be a reason why they've not selected. Him. Yeah, he's thirty six, but why then offer him another year if you're not exactly. If that's if that's an issue, like, are you just keeping him just in case? Because you know, if in the big games he does play well, mm. he's shown that. So for this T Twenty World Cup that's coming up next year, are you basically saying to him, "Look, you can have a, a year's contract"? Is that what they're saying? Have they given him time to rest? Is he okay? Like, is there other reasons why he's not been selected? But to just mm. say there's a squad, no, it's like a. Eh? You, but you, Ollie Pope, Ollie Pope's been selected out of nowhere. Yeah, I think he's he's clearly someone that they they've done the same with Zach Crawley. He's clearly someone that uh, they've made him vice captain of the Test side, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. He's someone that they've identified as being one of the next. They want him to be a multi-format cricketer, leaders, of course. They do. Leaders yeah, within that dressing room, leaders in that side. Yeah. You? You're thinking about it. You're currently going through a phase where Joe Root, Josh Butler, Ben Stokes, like that multi-format people across the board, like leaders within that are driving the team and the uh, mentality and all that. They're now coming towards the end of it, and they've clearly gone right. right Ollie Pope, Zach Crawley, Ben Duckett to a certain extent. You are the next group that we want to come in and and be that kind of you're the people like you look at football clubs and they've always had people that come to you like you talk about their Manchester United when they were good before they they had like a Roy Keane Steve Bruce like people that this is how this club works and from there it went on to the Neville to Gary Neville and yeah, Ferdinand yeah. And, that, and it got passed on to them and, and 
when the club's now gone to shit, ironically, or not gone to shit, but careful, not gone to shit, but aren't successful, it's because they've lost that within the mm. one of the brand. Many reasons would be that you feel they've probably lost that within the dressing room. Mm. So I kind of get what they're doing. They've, they've clearly pinpointed certain players that are going to be the focus of how they want to play the game, how things are done. That's what you want to do, but tell us. Communicate. Yeah. I think if you're in charge of the, the person who needs to be fearing for his job most at the ECB at the minute is the thinking media guy who's in charge mm. of when stuff gets released, how it gets released, all this kind of stuff. Because he's having a little he, she, they, whatever, whoever it might be, he's having an absolute stinker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Rob Key's come out today saying, and if you want to blame anyone for this one day performance, blame me. So the prioritized head cricket. Hang on. Have you? Can you say you prioritised the fault? You haven't even prioritised it. You, if you were prioritising it, genuinely, you wouldn't have got Ben Stokes out of retirement. Yeah, yeah. Because you, I think he probably means more so in the amount of games that have been played or not been played, didn't hasn't he? I like, think that's, that's going to have been decided yeah. long before he got involved in last last April. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not they're not yeah. deciding now what's going off in September next year. They're not thinking they've got they haven't got a fixture secretary ringing round. Well, come on. Have, you, have, you, have you got a twos game available next Sunday? Well, that's not <laughs> happening, is it? It's all world programmed. It's decided for yeah, it, isn't no, it? So. No, it's not. I don't think he can be blamed for the fixture schedule. I, I, as much as we'd like to think it might be someone like that. I've just got this really weird image now of some delightful old dude sat at Lords <laughs> or in the ECB headquarters ringing an equal. I mean, look, fixture secretaries at cricket clubs are brilliant people and everyone involved in the committee, but you've normally got two slightly older people where communication isn't necessarily a strong point, shouting at each other over a telephone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gone... I've sat enough cricket committees to know exactly what you're talking about. So... Have you got anyone to play against on June the 3rd? We'd like a 20-year-old well, no, Yeah. So, right. Well, there we go. The group stage has finally come to a close. Three games to go. Two semis and a final. You have obviously heard our predictions tonight. We've obviously announced the Super Brew yellow cap holders in the current top three of the Super Brew ranking. So, obviously, we will find out the winners of all of that amazing cash from my back pocket basically I mean, in Woodstock vouchers by, by this time next in a week I would think yes yeah well no by this time next week won't we so yeah Sri Lanka God knows what's going on there uh, we will obviously bring more to you as we as we find out uh, England what's going on there God knows we'll, you know we'll, we'll bring we'll bring more of that to you as we find out I actually messaged David today <laughs> just to see if I can get a bit of an inside scoop but I think he's probably got on a flight home from India today and he's now probably spending time with his wife so uh, getting back to me probably isn't that high on his list of priorities Caprice as we speak <laughs> yeah yeah, he can probably just now enjoy his winter a little bit, can't he? But but yeah, so there we go. Thank you for joining us throughout these entire World Cup dailies. As I say, three more to bring you, uh, which will be all three of us, I believe, for the two semis, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Sunday night we will be recording. Then we will have a week off, and then we will be back with you. On what date did you say to me, Eugene Berger? No, not, not, not on this Twenty seventh. 27th. We will record our next one. That'll be released on the 28th or the week of the, that, that week, depending on how busy Eugene is and whether he's got rid of the sniffles. So, yes, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure. Listeners, we love you dearly. And thank you for sticking with us throughout the 17 
year tournament. You've seen his age, uh, 17 years, if you've been watching us on YouTube whilst recording these World Cup dailies. But the end is in sight. So, uh, yeah, on that note, thank you very much for joining us, and we will be back with you soon. Love you, bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.